0: Oftentimes, when there is somebody who is a new Christian or someone who is um, maybe a, a very young Christian, what we refer to as a baby Christian, I will get asked, where should I begin reading in the Bible? Where, what should I begin with And uh, I obviously obviously always tell them to go to the Gospels the the four accounts of the life of Jesus, his biographies, as I explained it to one person not long ago um, and then, but then the question becomes, which of the biographies, which of the gospel messages? And I tend to go to Mark. Uh, I don't know about you. We can debate this after the service if you want. Uh, but, but I go to Mark, and I do so because Mark is so brief. He's so, so to the point. He's so action-oriented. And it's really very clear as we read Mark chapter 1, verse 1, uh, the very point that I'm trying to make. Mark doesn't wait for any length of time to tell us exactly who Jesus is. Jesus is not just the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is God's own Son. God the Son come in among us. And I just love the fact that Mark Uh, Is so blunt and bold, and I think it's helpful for people who are seeking to understand what this Christianity is all about or who are new to the faith and young in the Lord and trying to figure out how to make a way in the midst of it. Well, we are at the beginning of a new year uh, liturgically. Our, our, our calendar begins over uh, as liturgical churches. We start over with Advent 1, which was last Sunday. If you were away for Thanksgiving, welcome back. We're glad to have you. Uh, and we begin with, with a passage from Mark, although from Mark 13, which is kind of jumping to the end of the book. But now we go back to the beginning, to John, to Mark chapter 1 and beginning with verse 1. And, and so we, here we have Jesus revealed in Mark as the one who is the son of God. Mark gives us no time to ramp up. He moves right into it. And it's interesting because we come around this every year and we, we, we look at the, the person of John the Baptist. And, and, and I want you to know that, that I think Mark is really helpful because he reminds us that it's not about John the Baptist. It's about Jesus, right? Right. Uh, John was probably more popular than Jesus at the time. John brought up great clouds, but, but John himself will say it's all about the person of Jesus. But it's this interesting sort of um, passage here. He brings in the, these verses from Isaiah, although they're not all from Isaiah. Actually, the first part is from Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I'm sending my messenger before your face, who prepare the way for the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, I said that Mark is being very clear that, that Jesus is, in fact, the God the Son. Well, here is a case in point here. The scripture that is pulled out by Mark is not a reference to the Messiah, to the promised anointed king of Israel who Jesus becomes, yes, the Messiah, but much more than the Messiah. But this passage from Isaiah 40 that we had quoted in our first lesson and also from Malachi, are not talking about the Messiah, but they're talking about God himself. God will come to you, and I will send my messenger to prepare the way. So right off the bat, Mark, if you dig even a little bit into that Isaiah 40 passage, you realize that, that, that Mark is saying, no, this is God the Son come amongst us. He's come to be our Savior Wilderness is a common motif. It's it's where we go to to encounter God. God uses the wilderness with the children of Israel in the desert in Exodus to to prepare them, to, to form them, to forge them through the fire. Wilderness is where God goes takes Jesus in the early, as a matter of fact, the next couple of verses after this passage today, he'll carry Jesus into the desert to confront the, the Satan, the devil, but, but also to prepare him for his public ministry. God calls into the wilderness, He calls for a purpose that he might form us. Friends, if, if, if Advent is anything, it is this preparation time. Yes, the second coming of Christ. Yes, the first coming of Christ, both together. But it's, it's this preparing ourselves for his coming, and he calls us into the wilderness. And what does he say when he calls us in the wilderness? He calls us to remind, remember that we in, we, in fact, need a Savior, that we constantly need a Savior. Note that it's the religious people that are called into the wilderness. It's those who are seeking God or who are supposedly God's followers, God's people. They're called into the wilderness. This isn't a evangelistic outreach to pagan peoples in the Decapolis or, or in some other country or some other area. John is preaching to the religious people, to the church, so to speak. And calling, this, calling them to come into the wilderness, renew their hearts and minds, to repent, to have a change of heart and mind and perspective, to turn away from the things that have filled them, make straight his path. The first thing in Advent I think we have to come to grips is that we have to come back to the place of recognizing our great need for a Savior that we, in fact, have strayed from his path, to quote Isaiah again, like lost sheep. The state of our heart is not right before God. Not, not to say that everything we do is horribly wrong. I'm not saying that. We are not deplorable creatures. Woe is me. But but everything in our lives, clearly we can demonstrate, we can see that even our best intentions, that we we fall away, we, we stumble, we make miscues, we Sin enters into it in some way, our best efforts. And so, again, in Advent, we're called, like John calls, the religious people of Judea and Jerusalem into the wilderness to prepare themselves. And he calls them to the Jordan, and that's also something that easily can get overlooked. But he calls them to the Jordan River. Remember that the Jordan is the river that that separates the children of Israel from the Promised Land when they when they first come at the right in the at the end of um, at the end of their time in the wilderness. God calls them, beginning with Joshua. He's going to the book of Joshua is going to bring them into the Promised Land. He brings them there to the Jordan to remind them of where they've been, and to call them to prepare themselves to once again enter into God's way. Now, it's interesting. I've been preaching this for 20 years, but I never put together the fact that that there's a lot of similarity between the baptism that John does here with The call of God's people to prepare themselves to receive the law in Exodus 19. If you were were with me over the summer, I talked about the fact that God calls us to be a kingdom of priests, a holy people, and I connected Exodus with First with Peter, which frankly is what I thought the first lesson was this morning. But anyway, but, but, but there's this call there in, in Exodus 19 where God is preparing the people to receive the law. They're right there at Mount Sinai, and what God does is he tells the people, not the priests, not the, not the leaders, but all of the people to, to wash their garments, to clean themselves and to prepare for all that God wants to give them. And I really do believe that there's this sense of connectedness to that Exodus 19 passage as John calls the people of God into the wilderness to recognize that they've lost the path and then to baptize themselves, to prepare themselves for all that God has for them. Comfort, comfort my people, Isaiah 40 says. Tell them that their warfare is ended. Who were they at war with? War with God. Their iniquities have been forgiven. That God will bestow upon them double fold for their sins. In other words, where, where sin increases, grace increases all the more. Does that sound familiar? It should because it's Romans chapter 5. It's Paul speaking Friends in Advent, we have to first begin to reconnect with the fact that we desperately need a Savior and that God has provided our salvation. God Himself, who came as Jesus, is God's salvation. But we must come into the wilderness. We must acknowledge where we failed to stay on the path. And we must prepare ourselves through repentance to receive all the Lord has. Now, I don't know who your John the Baptist was, but you probably had one. I mean, there are a few people who just sort of stumble on the Bible and, you know, like the, you know, well, I guess even the uh, Ethiopian eunuch, right? He, he reads the scriptures, but he still needs Philip to come alongside and tell him how to interpret it. Who is your John the Baptist? They probably were a little weird if you want to go after the motif of John, right? They were a little strange. Uh, My John the Baptist was a guy named Richard. He was four years older than me in high school, Uh, went on to serve in Desert Storm as a captain in the army, lost touch with him over the years. He was a weird guy. Richard was a weird guy, right, Jody? But, But he pointed me to Jesus, and he helped me see my need for a relationship with the living God, the God who'd made me, the God who'd called me into being and had a purpose and plan for my life. Later on, I I learned about the sinfulness of my own heart, and that was pretty easy for me to accept. Um, I played the part of a good guy, but I I knew the thoughts of my heart. Who is your John the Baptist? Who was the first one to call your attention? Maybe he called you into the wilderness, away from the crowd, back to a place, a sacred place like the Jordan. Maybe he made you uncomfortable because he pointed out your flaws, your failures, your sin. That John the Baptist was probably a guy named David, David Sandifer, who preached last Christmas here at Servants. David had a way of making you feel guilty for your sins. Thanks a lot, David. But we have to come to that place. And Advent is a wonderful time to do it. But here's the challenging part. That's part one. Part two is that once we've reconnected with our need for a Savior, we have to recognize that those of us who come into a relationship with God, the living God, the God who's revealed himself in the person of Christ, we have to become a John the Baptist for someone else. Now, I know that sounds pretty scary, right? Jesus says that there are no greater prophets than John. Yet Jesus also says that the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than John. So don't be intimidated by John's holiness and his separateness and his weirdness. Understand that we are called to be voices in the wilderness as well, calling others to Christ. That is our job. And if there's, if you need any encouragement, let me tell you that as I interact with people, as Jody and I are around, socially distanced in public with people, we are recognizing and seeing great spiritual need on the part of unbelievers as well as many Christians who've not been rooted in the Word of God, who've not read, learned, inwardly digested this Word, And a superficial, veneer Christian message about how to have a happy life, it kind of falls flat in the face of a pandemic. And there's hunger for spiritual truth, for the living Jesus. So don't be afraid to be that signpost, to be that voice, to be that John the Baptist in someone else's life. And if it seems intimidating to you and it seems hard to you, then then go back to step one. Confess, fall before the Lord and say, I'm unworthy to be a John the Baptist in someone else's life, but Lord, I long to be. And dig into teaching and learning and, and, and asking hard questions. There's a, a young adult in this congregation who who... Loves to text me really hard theological questions. And Jody says, don't you get tired of those questions? And I say, no, never. Because I know that this young person is asking hard questions because they want to understand the faith once delivered. They want to be one of those who communicates and is a sign, a voice, whatever helps you see it. Like John the Baptist, calling others into the wilderness. Yes, convicting them of their place off the path and then helping them prepare themselves for all the Lord has. The Lord will come. And a lot of the things that we allow to monopolize our time and energy will fall away. Insignificant. But the call to be a John the Baptist in someone's life, not only is it the greatest joy, but it's the thing that will be eternal. So let's journey together through Advent. Let's, let's remember the greatness of our spiritual need. Let's confess that. Let's prepare our hearts. And then let's learn to be another voice. Crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Amen. Amen.